Vigorous Steve here with the Incollectible Update. I got my blood work this morning and even though I'm going to Japan a couple hours from now, I figured I'd rub one out for you guys because everybody seems to be patiently waiting to get facialized with some highly expensive peptides. Before we do, before I give you the cum shots, please like the video, leave a comment for the algorithm and consider subscribing if you haven't already. And if you want to support the channel, you can do so by joining either YouTube or Patreon memberships where you can vote for upcoming deep dives and Join the weekly Vigorous Q&A, which is not going to be next weekend because I'll be in Japan on holiday, but certainly the weekend, the Saturday after that. Okay, long story short about the protocol. I've been on Incrolex at various dosages for 10 days in total. The first day, I administered 50 micrograms bilaterally, 100 micrograms in total. Then the second day, 100 micrograms bilaterally, 200 micrograms in total. The third day, 200 micrograms bilaterally, 400 micrograms in total. And then from the fourth day onwards, up until the 10th day, which was yesterday, I won't take it today, 500 micrograms in total, either 250 micrograms bilaterally or 500 micrograms upon waking subcutaneous, which isn't really a good idea, I'll tell you that, but we'll dive into that a little bit later on. Let's go over the positive effects that I've experienced so far. My pumps have increased. My overall fullness has increased. I mean, let me give you guys a preview. I mean... This is without steroids in the pictures. Recombinant FSH, recombinant HCG, and, you know, a little bit of nicotinamide mononucleotide and glutathione for overall energy levels and antioxidant status. So I feel like I'm on cycle based on the fullness, the strength, and the pumps that I have. I literally jumped up in as little as 10 days, two increments on most of the machines and the exercises that I've been doing, albeit that the pump sometimes is so severe that instead of doing the usual 9 to 12 reps, I can muster 6, uh, which is pretty similar to what I used to do on cycle, uh, let's say 8 months ago, uh, when I was at peak strength, I can muster 6 reps and after that, I completely lose contractile capacity. So I do half reps or partials. Um, yeah, it looks kind of nasty. Six, the first 6 reps were absolutely stellar, deep, intense contraction to the point you feel your muscle is going to explode. And after that, I kind of lose it. So I do partials, right? I increased my training volume from two, let's say, um, working sets with two or three reps in reserve. Again, I'm not using anabolic energetic steroids. I need to have some reps in reserve so I can actually recover from that. On my 2,500 calorie diet, which is basically poverty calories for the size that I am, 100 kilos, 225 pounds. But now that I've increased my um, training volume, I've also gotten fuller. Again, it's all because of the Incrolex. So I'm getting Anavar-like response, Trimbalone-like response, uh, Anadrol-like response, Insulin-like response without taking Anavar, Anadrol, Trimbalone, or Insulin. Crazy. So I've basically gone from two working sets to three working sets per exercise, but I did split up my workout from a three-day split, a push-pull leg split with an AB routine. So the A workout for the push-pull legs is different from the B workout to a push legs, pull legs workout. The first leg day is quad dominant and the second leg day is hamstring and glute dominant because if I do quads, hamstrings, glutes, calves on the same workout with the increased training volume and the increased fullness, um, I am going to be there for two hours and you know by the time I get to calves, it's not really that productive anymore. So I decided to split that up. So instead of a three-day split, I now have a four-day split, which I've been doing exactly for about two weeks now. So uh, I changed my training protocol a little bit, but my diet hasn't changed. The performance enhancing drug protocol and my overall supplementation protocol hasn't changed besides adding in the Incrolex. Now, the problem with 500 micrograms Incrolex upon waking is that by the end of the day, you're so full and you're so watery 
that you don't really look cosmetically appealing. And even though I'm doing daily fasted cardio and paying extra special attention to my electrolyte intake, and honestly, I've been a little bit afraid to eat over the weekend because the fullness is so crazy. Um, my caloric intake is probably over the week even less than it was before, but the fullness is so much more pronounced compared to before running Intelex. But of course, at the end of the week, I also get more watery. So cosmetically, I don't really look good, I would say, even though my body fat levels have come down quite significantly. When I compare the before and after pictures, I look fuller, but also more watery and more like a Michelin man. So I'm not going to post those. Give me another month on Inkerlex when I get back from Japan. Again, this is what I look like. Um, if you want to have a full body shot with clothes on, go to my Instagram page. I posted, what was it, three pictures yesterday. And everybody said I looked freaking huge and the Incrolex is working. I'll link it down below in case you're interested. Um, so that's basically all the effects that I've experienced so far. Um, besides that, I feel that my stamina has improved. I'm breezing through these workouts faster than before, even though my uh, volume has increased with a couple more sets following a um, you know back off set strategy. So I do six reps, aiming for nine. Then the uh, first back off, I try to get nine to 12 reps. And then the third back off or the second back off based on the first one, I try to aim for 9, 12 or 15 reps, right? Depending on how full, how pumped and how much energy, which again, I don't have so much energy because my carbohydrate intake is, uh, you know, trace amount, 50 to 70 grams post-workout. And I didn't really reload in the weekend because I was afraid to get mad bloated. Um, so, you know, I'm doing my best I can, but even though the training intensity and the amount of volume has increased, the restoration between working set has shortened dramatically. I don't really feel so much out of breath following a strenuous sets, which are bordering on a training to failure. Again, the last couple of reps are so pumped that the contractile capacity is a little bit diminished. The restoration has shortened so much to the point I'm now finishing my workouts, let's say 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes earlier. So I come home and my wife's like, why are you already back? I said, well, I did my workout and then some. So you know, I'm noticing a lot of benefits. Um, the downside, besides the first downside that the pumps might so be, be so excruciating following particular sets, is that I do feel that my waist has grown a little bit, but it's actually very similar to how it would be on a normal cycle of anabolic energetic steroids. Again, I'm coming from basically being off cycle for seven, eight months, um, a completely fresh physique, and then you sprinkle in a little bit of anabolics and you get a stellar response. That means that all of my muscles have filled out, my jawline has filled out. I mean, it, it looks more pronounced to me compared to, uh, let's say, 10 days ago before I started the Incrolex. It feels that everything is filled out, including my intestines. So, you know, that might be a little bit off-putting to some people, um, albeit that, of course, I'm going to keep accurate track of how my uh, waistline is changing over the next couple of weeks when I get back to Japan and I, you know, run Incrolex for another four weeks, give or take. Um, I'll keep track of it. Aaron, who's also running 500 micrograms Incrolex per day, hasn't really noticed that. But to be fair, he's also on a boatload of steroids at around 2 grams, give or take, per week. And growth hormone and insulin, we added in the IGF-1 while simultaneously eating around 4,500 calories per day. So I think his waist was already a little bit bigger than a baseline waist, let's say, on a cruise dose without the GH and the insulin and copious amounts of foods. He hasn't really noticed that. Maybe his intestines have um, grown to the maximum extent and I'm noticing it more pronounced because I basically came from zero before adding in the Incrolex. So without further ado, let's go over my blood work. Actually, most of the stuff is pretty much the same. The blood chemistry and the kidney function is the same. The lipids are pretty much the same. The liver function 
is pretty much the same. The complete blood count and your analysis, pretty much the same. The iron level is pretty much the same. Uh, the only thing that I noticed are my thyroid markers have changed uh, quite significantly from August 13th to September 1st, which is uh, yesterday when I did blood work. But to be fair, on August 13th, I fasted for five and a half days. So these uh, thyroid markers might not be actually representative of where they are normally, but when I go through all of my other thyroid panel, um, there's still quite a bit of a difference. Let's say five to 10, maybe even 15% compared to the blood work results that I got from yesterday. So you see the total T3, a free T3, total T4 and free T4 all have changed besides total T4 that stayed pretty much the same. So that's an increase between 10 to 17%. And I would say compared to my previous blood work results where I was running this entire fertility protocol without the Incrolex, I would say give or take, it's a change of, let's say five to about, what was it, 15%. Thyroid stimulating hormone has come down slightly, albeit that 2.44 to 2.1, uh, micro IUs per milliliter is actually pretty similar to where they are um, on various blood work results that I've gotten over the last couple of months. So it is of note that some of the thyroid results have changed, have increased. Maybe there's an effect on thyroid binding globulin that I haven't really had time to research regarding uh, Incrolex and uh, exogenous administration of pharmaceutical IGF-1. Moving over to the sex hormones, beta-ACG is still uh, the same because I'm on my fertility protocol of 1,000 IUs. Uh, Merck Ovitrel subcutaneous on the morning of doing blood work in both instances. Estradiol levels, pretty much the same. I didn't really check my progesterone. Follicle stimulating hormone, pretty much the same. Again, 75 IUs, uh, gonal F, recombinant FSH upon waking before going in for blood work in both instances. Malutinizing hormone still hasn't bounced back, which I'm not relying on, so don't worry about that. Um, normally, my testosterone levels were around 630, 50, give or take. Then I fasted for five and a half days, which I made a video about. I'll link it at the end of this one. That increased my total testosterone to 891 nanograms per deciliter, probably because my SHBG increased from give or take 45 nanomoles per liter to 74 nanomoles per liter, after which my testosterone came down slightly. So uh, again, you know, the HCG and the FSH and the, my entire fertility and the, you know, over-the-counter supplement protocol still working. I'm happy with these numbers. And you see that my SHBG has come down, which is very normal. To previous results, I would say that Incrolex has no positive or negative effect on my estradiol levels, my FSH levels, um, let's see, my total testosterone, SHBG, and um, bioavailable testosterone, free testosterone as well. And it's all pretty comparable to where it is normally, albeit that we're using blood work results after I was fasting. So these are outlier blood work results. DHEA sulfate went up slightly because I started supplementing with 25 milligrams DHEA again because 98 uh, micrograms per deciliter is bottom of the reference range and I do like my DHEA sulfate a little bit more towards the middle. Uh, unfortunately, copious amounts of HCG are not substantially uh, beneficial enough for my pituitary gland or other organs of the body to produce adequate amounts of DHEA. Okay, now we get into the spicy stuff. Um, after fasting, my growth hormone was 4.59 nanograms per milliliter. I administered growth hormone the day before, but not on the morning of doing my blood work. And neither did I do that uh, yesterday on the morning of doing blood work on September 1st. So fasting versus non-fasting, uh, 4.59 versus 2.1 nanograms per milliliter. Quite substantial. But when we look at the IGF-1 results, again, fasting versus uh, exogenous Incrolex administrations, 500 micrograms intramuscularly one hour before drawing blood, 
it went up from 192 to 337 nanograms per milliliter. That's an increase of um, 76%. Now it's 46% out of the reference range. Although my IGF binding protein 3 is still within the reference range at 5,400 nanograms per milliliter towards the top, but still within range. So even though my IGF-1 levels increased, my IGF-1 binding protein is still within the reference range. Unfortunately, I didn't check my IGF binding proteins, whether that's 1, 3, or some of the other ones. Um, binding protein 3 is the only one that they have available at Bria Labs. I might do a blood work somewhere else to kind of see if I can uh, test some of the other binding proteins to have a more um, accurate representation of what's going on in my body. But this is uh, what I was able to piece together so far. Keep in mind, an intramuscular administration ultimately does go systemic, but this is not a real accurate representation of what's going on in skeletal muscle if you take your IGF-1 bilaterally before the workout or post-workout or before bed, whatever you prefer, right? I would say subcutaneous administrations don't have a localized effect. Everything goes systemic. And then uh, through the IGF-1 receptor, uh, whatever is not being bound up with the binding proteins, it starts potentiating their effect for hyperplasia, anabolism, nutrient partitioning uptake, all that good stuff, and insulin, uh, insulinotropic effects. Um, but of course, if you inject it intramuscularly, you get some localized effect. Now, growth hormone can increase uh, IGF-1 and 2 and mechanical growth factor expression of skeletal muscle and other metabolically active tissues if you stimulate that, um, you know, with exercise. Um, and some of that might leak into the bloodstream and get bound up with the binding proteins, after which you can't really detect it. So when you look at the IGF-1 levels here on August 13th and September 1st, that is free IGF-1, not bound to binding proteins. Once it's bound to binding proteins, you can no longer detect it. So this is unlike the way they measure total free and bioavailable testosterone, because the total testosterone is the total amount of testosterone duh, in your bloodstream, whether that's bound to SHBG, albumin, or not. But because they can break down the SHBG and the albumin when they check for testosterone levels in the bloodstream, whether bound or not, um, they can use a calculation of how much of that testosterone was free or bound to albumin, right, the bioavailable testosterone, uh, compared to the SHBG, which was detected earlier. But if they break down the IGF binding proteins, they also break down the IGF-1, or at least from what I understand how they perform these particular blood work tests. So um, IGF-1 here you see is free, and IGF-1 binding protein uh, contains uh, potentially some IGF-1 as well, some of the other binding proteins also. So, um, you know, the whole reason of doing um, localized administrations is so you get a localized effect. And when you do subcutaneous administrations, what they recommend for these uh, children, uh, you know, to ha that have stunted growth because of IGF-1 deficiency that need to grow taller, they have a systemic effect also. This is not what we want. So going forward, because if you take IGF-1 pre-workouts, it might seep from skeletal muscle. So ideally, you just want to use it post-workout, or maybe even a couple hours after the workout. So the IGF-1 is there. You're kind of immobilized, ideally before bed, where you don't really move so much anymore. And all of the uh, metabolic processes have already been initiated following your strenuous hypertrophy work. And you can do the administration again before bed the day after on a rest day. So that's what I'll be doing going forward for the month that I'm uh, in between Japan and USA trips. Um, to elicit some localized effect because I don't really want this much of a systemic effect on my organs, my jawline, and uh, you know other parts of the body. I want it locally. So I'm going to limit it to chest 
and legs administration going forward to elicit a localized effect. The dose is going to stay exactly the same. Hopefully, I'll be less pronouncedly pumped to the point I get better contractions uh, during workouts, right? And the strength will just incrementally increase, albeit that my caloric intake will probably stay pretty much the same because I would like to recomp a little bit. And then if I'm successful, uh, my chest and my legs should be uh, disproportionately improved based on muscle memory. I don't think they'll improve from our previous all-time best at 120 kilos uh, a couple of years ago. So again, relying on muscle memory to kind of fill back out into my previous form. Um, if I can accomplish that, I'll be so satisfied. <laughs> I'll be so satisfied that I'll be able to look and feel and train like a bodybuilder without taking anabolic anogenic steroids. Again, keep in mind, if you do scientific research, growth hormone and IGF-1 are directly positively correlated with fertility levels. So this takes a little bit of the edge off on my side. Um, I can just use HCG, FSH, growth hormone and IGF-1, still elicit some sort of anabolic response, feeling like a bodybuilder, looking like a bodybuilder and training like a bodybuilder, finally have my, having my enjoyment back going to the gym without taking the steroids. Again, time will tell. We'll know somewhere mid-October when I do another update video. Uh, what I do want to highlight, which is very, very funny and also a little bit um, unfair, I would say. But again, everybody's genetically different. You see, after 500 micrograms, um, IGF-1, Incrolex, real pharmaceutical recombinant insulin-like growth factor 1, highly expensive. My IGF-1 is 337 nanograms per milliliter, 46% out of the reference age. And when we look at Aaron's blood work result of April 26, 2022, so that's a year ago, that's the only IGF-1 test that he has, he is a 338 nanograms per milliliter, natural, without growth hormone, <laughs> without insulin. I think he was just running like 300 milligrams of tests at the time, moving to Thailand. I think we covered this a couple, uh, well, over uh, a year ago on one of the blood work result videos that we did for Muscle Nomads. He was 338 nanograms per milliliter without anything. And now, after adding in 500 micrograms uh, IGF-1, which I think he administered about 45 minutes before drawing blood, his IGF-1 is 629 nanograms per milliliter. But he's also on insulin and growth hormone, which might increase his IGF-1 production downstream. So he increased his uh, IGF-1 levels with, uh, let's say, 87%. And I increased my IGF-1 levels with about 76%, a huge boost. It seems that this is just complementing natural IGF-1 production um, and makes it go up, let's say 76 to 86%. Quite a steep increase, I would say. Um, I'm noticing very pronounced effects. Aaron, on the other hand, is not that um, excited about this dose. He might increase the dose, but he's going to do his own blood work uh, video over the weekend, so that should drop on his channel. I'll link it down below. I'll link the video, full video when his one drops down below as well. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. So long story short, it's definitely working. I finally feel like a bodybuilder again. I'm having great workouts. I'll do some more blood work and take some better progress pictures for you guys so we have a more um, longitudinal data form for the next Incrolex update videos. Uh, for now, I'm highly impressed. I need to make a couple adjustments going forward, obviously, to elicit the best response, um, but it's all a learning moment for everybody. I've talked to several IFBB pros. I've done a consultation with Dr. Scott Stevenson to make sure that my understanding of the medical literature 
was uh, up to par with his understanding. He gave me a lot of good suggestions on further research and some other interesting factoids to look into. Apparently, the human body produces around 10 milligrams, give or take, of IGF-1 every single day, which is um, very representative of the literature based on the serum IGF-1 levels increasing on the pharmaceutical dosages that are prescribed for a children suffering from a short stature issues, right? Uh, IGF-1 deficiency. So it's um, interesting to see that you produce more IGF-1 naturally than the amount of testosterone that men produce naturally, right? Five to seven milligrams per day. So a low dose of 500 micrograms in Curlex bringing you out of the reference range is such a different response than adding in, well, you would have to add in like half a milligram or maybe even 300 uh, micrograms of testosterone to get you to 46% out of the reference range? Doesn't really work like that, right? Funny how that works. Okay, I'll do a lot more research. For now, I'll leave it here. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can find everything that I'm associated with down below in the YouTube description section. Please don't ask me where I got my Incrolex. It's not for sale, it's for me. This is karma. This is my rewards for contributing to the fitness industry, right? And I'll still document everything here on YouTube for your enjoyment. Uh, what did we forget? Oh yeah, Vigorous Crew, you guys know what to do. A third round of front double bicep for the Vigorous Crew. You guys are freaking awesome. Super chat to me so I can afford more Incrolex. <laughs> and otherwise, a simple like and a comment is highly appreciated. Thank you guys so much for watching. And I'll see you in the next video after I come back from Japan. But luckily for you, I have three videos buffered. So next week, you don't have to miss out on all the high quality content that you can usually find over here on the Vigorous Steve YouTube channel. Peace out.